Good morning. Good morning. Good to see y'all. Amen. Thank you. Hey, Mr. Howard, will you come here? Amen. Can you come up here? <laughs> His wife said, yes, he can. <laughs> Come right here. <laughs> Turn around, present yourself. <laughs> Yay! <Hallelujah. laughs> I love you. Does this, uh, this remind you of anybody? Yeah? <laughs> this is Mr. <laughs> Sherman's mom said, this is how Sherman's going to look when he gets old. <laughs> This is Sherman's dad, amen. Sherman's dad and mom, amen. Where's some usher? Come here. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. And we just praise you. Let your anointing flow through him today in such great ways. Thank you, Lord, for your love made manifest in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, now I get to walk back there and I get to pray for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to pray for you. I didn't know. I was just going to say, look, this looks like Sherman. But here, thank you, Father. Here, just stand right here. Right here. There you go. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, let your anointing and the blessing of God come on her. Let your anointing fill and overflow from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Body, be well. Body, be whole. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. For your grace and your peace. Yeah, just peace of God. Come on right now. Peace of God. Peace of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, you too. It's so good to see you all today. Amen. I believe that to be so. I believe that to be so. How precious is that? <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Well, y'all ready to receive today? Yeah. Are you in expectation? Yeah. Man, that sounds better than last week. <laughs> Man, that sounds better than last week. Last week, y'all were a little slow on the uptake, but we got that fixed. We got that fixed. Amen. I said, uh, y'all ready to receive last week? And everybody's like, mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> amen, glory to God. Y'all look awesome, praise God. Last week we were talking, you know, we've been talking about a series called The Two Parts of Life, and the two parts of life is part one, receive love from God, right? We have to receive love from God, um, and then the second part is that we give love back to God. But the issue is that we can't give love back to God until we've received love from God. And one of the things that I've found is that 
many times when people come up for prayer, I've seen it over the years, many times what they struggle with is that they can receive today, that today life is changing, that today is their day of salvation. Uh, many times that's the issue. Uh, in Hebrews it says that as long as today is called today, there is a Sabbath rest of God, which means there's a salvation, there's a peace. What do you need saving in? That day, as long as today is called today, the salvation of God can visit you. That's what that's saying. As long as it's called today, is today called today? Then salvation can visit you. And so many times, though, we have this idea that I can't receive today. I, I've got, it's too big, it's too much, I'm, I'm too bad, I'm, I'm too much of a, a piece of junk, I'm, I'm too much this, I'm too much that. That's not what the Bible says. Praise God. He has straightened it out. He has, set it, he has set it up. No, the Bible says as long as it's called today, there is salvation for all who will call on Him. No matter who they are, where they've come from, how they feel, right? My understanding is on the Boomer Chickas line that uh, feel, I feel like is now a, a four-letter word. Is that correct? Yeah. Amen. Like, I feel. Because we're not to live by feeling. That, see, that's what the devil uses. He'll try to tell you, well, you feel this way, well, you feel that way, and now all of a sudden you're living by how you feel instead of what that word says. But you notice that it says, don't get weary in well-doing. That means even when you're doing good, sometimes you're going to feel weary in it. The word says that. But does that mean that, okay, I feel weary, now I'm supposed to stop? No, 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 no. That means no matter how I feel, I keep doing what's right. I keep doing the good thing. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your works that your thoughts might be established. So many times our thoughts and our feelings will be established if we just keep doing what we need to be doing. Don't get weary in well-doing, right? So we don't move by feelings. And so a lot of times when people, if you're going to do good for God, how many people want to do good for God? Yeah, you want to do good for God? If you're going to do good for God, you've got to be empowered by Him first. And in order to be empowered by Him, you've got to receive. So many times when people come up for prayer, they really don't believe that today's their day. They don't believe that salvation is available for them in that moment. They're hoping in a worldly hope, like, you know, kind of luck. Well, maybe it's my lottery ticket. Maybe my lottery ticket will get pulled up there today and the power of God will hit me and it'll solve all my problems like a magic, you know, magic wand, you know, ding, ha, I feel totally different. You know, that's, that's what we're waiting on. We're waiting on our lottery ticket to be pulled. That's not how, that is not how faith works in this Bible. Faith says that when you feel heaviness, you take off that garment and you put on a spirit, a garment of praise. Right, that's exactly right. It says rejoice always. That means that you rejoice always. You always rejoice no matter how you feel, no matter what you see. And rejoice means I put on joy again. I put on joy again. So for us to walk around down in the dumps and, oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, for us to walk around like that, that's going to make great video. 
Um, when, that, when we walk around like that, we're actually being ungodly, as ungodly as we can be to be focusing on all the feelings, negative feelings like that, and to be focusing on how we feel, to be focusing on all the lies the devil's told us. It's really ungodly. We're supposed to put on joy no matter how we feel. No matter, and what does this do? This gets us in the place of reception. So we've been talking about, because if we're going to do good for God and be well-pleasing in His sight, we have to learn to receive first. And if we're not good receivers, we're not going to be good givers. We're not going to be good workers for God. We're not going to be well-pleasing in His sight because we don't know how to receive. But many times we don't feel like receiving because we know that we've messed up, we've done some bad stuff and this and that and all that other kind of stuff. You know, it, here's the issue. God's already dealt with all of that. If, you'll, if you mess up, deal with it, and you'll be right back in the right place with God. Now, when I say deal with it, I'm not just like, okay, well, I messed up and I'm sorry, Lord, and you don't really mean it in your heart. A repentance, a true repentance, is a heart turn. Lord, I'm never doing that again. I'm never doing that again. I'm never going to think that way again. And if we'll deal with that, you go into 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 8, 9, and 10, one of the things that you'll see is that if we will confess our sins, it says God is faithful and just to forgive us and remove all transgression. All of them. Just like that. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. He'll remove it that quickly. Then why in the world should we carry it beyond that long? Okay, I found myself, I messed up. Why, why would we carry it beyond that moment? Why would we carry it beyond that moment? Uh, I, most of you have heard this story, but it's very fitting right here. Is I went several years ago, I was traveling, I was in Virginia at a meeting, and I was in Wisconsin at a meeting. I was going to go see uh, Brother David Hogan. As a man that I'd wanted to meet for quite some time. He inspired me by some videos he did at Brownsville Revival and uh, called Faith to Raise the Dead. Very inspired by those early on in our marriage and in ministry. And I wanted to meet him. And he was going to be in, I found out he was going to be in Virginia and Wisconsin. And, uh, I, and the Lord said, I want you to go meet him. And so I went and uh, I went and went up to those meetings while I was at those meetings, within a month's period of time, I had two people at the Virginia meeting and two people at the Wisconsin meeting. They didn't know who I was. They didn't know I was a pastor. They didn't know anything about me. And three of them came up and said almost the exact same words. And the other one, the words were different words, but the same message. And all four of them who had no idea who I was, within two weeks' period of time, came up to me and said, God just wants me to tell you that he is so pleased with you. And that was it. Well, I really had trouble with that message. You know, you would think that God said, he's so pleased with you. You'd be like, oh, glory to God, you know. But I didn't. I wasn't like that. Because I knew that I still had garbage in my life. I still had stuff I was working out. I knew, like, this week I might have gotten mad at Nicole or something. I don't know. There was some, you know, it's just whatever, you know. I might have I spent too long on a thought or something like that. And I, I knew I just didn't feel pleased. I didn't feel pleasing. Yeah, that four-letter word. I didn't feel pleasing. 
So because I didn't feel it, it made it hard for me to receive that word. And I didn't understand it. But here's what I want you to see. Now, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what is this? What do you mean by that? You're, you're so pleased with me because I don't, I don't feel this way. And uh, one of the things that he said to me was this. He, he said to me, he answered me, and he said, I'm so pleased with you because, and it was a really simple answer, you are quick to repent. Not because, he wasn't pleased with me because I never messed up. He was pleased with me because when I messed up, I didn't walk in that heaviness for a long time. I quickly repented because I learned that years ago. Like, be quick to repent. And that means quick to change your heart and set it straight. I'm not doing this again. I'm going to do what's right. And, and let me just tell you this. I cannot tell you how many times that I, I repented with a true heart repentance and then found myself still doing the thing six months later. Do you know how many times that's occurred in my life? Hundreds. Hundreds. Now see, that's where the devil lives. He wants to beat you up in that condemnation over that. I would repent. I'd repent. And it'd be as, as true as I could make my heart. Find myself six months later doing the same thing. That It was a habit. It was a default. It was something, maybe I was raised with it. Maybe I accepted that sinful way of thinking or whatever. But I'd find that thing. And I'd find myself, I, I'd go back, I'd get tired, I'd do whatever. And I'd find myself doing the very thing I don't want to do again. The thing I repented for. The thing I repented for. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I realized though, that as soon as I find that place, if I'll be quick to repent, I could literally feel the weight of that sin come off of me. I could feel that. The issue is that no matter where we find ourselves, when we recognize I've messed up, when we recognize I've messed up, the first thing we should do is say, Lord, I, I, I repent. Lord, I'm so sorry. And, and understand this, you have worldly sorrow and you have godly sorrow. The Bible says that godly sorrow leads to true repentance. Godly sorrow leads to repentance, which means that my actions change, right? Now, that doesn't mean that I get everything right for the rest of my life. Now, that's, that's the goal. And that's where we're going, and that's where we should be moving to. You know, we shouldn't have things that linger on us for years and years and years. We should deal with them. But, you know, what i found is sometimes people have some deep, 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 deep rooted stuff, and it, and it took them years to get it rooted. And sometimes it's not that God can't uproot it in a millisecond. It's that our brains won't allow that thing to get uprooted because we think it's part of our identity. It's become who we are, and if we remove that, we lose who we are. But don't you know that if we lose a part of sin, God can put His own identity back inside of us and turn it around and make us who He is. So we're not losing anything. We're gaining Christ in that moment. We're gaining Christ. But this is all about receiving Him, and, and we've got to receive Him. So if I find myself in that moment where I've messed up, then the first thing I want to do is say, Lord, I recognize this. I don't want to have worldly sorrow. So worldly sorrow is like, hey, man, uh, I'm so sorry I did that. You know, I, I, I wish I wouldn't have done that. You know, 
And, uh, okay, are you good? Are you good? You're good? Okay, good, good. And you go on and you do the same thing to the next person. I didn't really change. I just didn't want him to sue me. I just didn't want, I just didn't want him mad at me because I wanted to protect my reputation or my name. So I, I really didn't want to change the sin I didn't want to change what I'd done. I just didn't want any trouble from what I'd done. That's worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow is where we actually have repentance. So we, we make the wrong choice. We say, look, I, I recognize I missed it. And I just repent. I, and you might not tell that person this, but you'll tell God, Lord, I'm never doing that again. That was the wrong thing to do. That was the wrong thing to do. That's not of you, and that's not who I am. I receive who you are as who I am. And then when you get to the next person, you never do that because you made that heart change there. What are we doing? God says if, you're, if, you're, if you'll confess it, he is faithful and just. He is faithful. Think about that. God, the creator of the universe, in all of his power, is so, he is faithful to remove all transgressions. Every bit, every bit of it. He is faithful to remove it all. To remove it all. He is faithful to do that. He's faithful to do that. God is faithful. We need to throw ourselves on his faithfulness. Lord, I repent. I repent. And what does this do? This puts us in the place. Now, I want you to see this. All right, uh, come here, Chris and Mark. Stand up here. Just, just stand side by side up there. Who wants to be the good one today? They are matching. Look at that. Did y'all plan that? Did you call each other on the phone this morning? I love y'all so much. All right, so, all right, now listen. Uh, let's see, who, who needs to be the good one? And who needs to be the bad one? All right, poor Chris. Okay, Chris is the bad one. All right, <laughs> it's out of, out of the mouth. And she confessed it. Okay, so let's say that both of these guys are walking down the road of life and they mess up and they sin, all right? Uh, hang ahead. Dang it. Doggone it. Now, let's say that Chris, let's say that Chris is like beating himself up. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just keep pacing back and forth, keep your head down, and uh, you're just, you messed up, you've been such a big old, a big old jerk, you've been, you've been such a sinner, and, and he's carrying it, and for months, he's just carrying it, and we're not talking about, we're not talking about him, him wanting, <laughs> we're not talking about him wanting to change, he, he's feeling bad because he actually has morals in his heart, because he has received Jesus, and uh, <laughs> he's feeling bad because he knows it's the wrong thing to do. We're not talking about actually changing it here. We're just talking about how he's feeling, how he's feeling, okay? And he's feeling bad, and he's feeling so bad. I'm just such a big old sinner. Keep on going. I'm just such a big old sinner. I'm just, I've been so bad. I've been so so messed up. I can't believe I did that. Can't believe it. Oh my goodness. Just been so bad. 
Now see, this goes on and on and on until he recognizes he doesn't have to carry it anymore. But while... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do the wide shot so we can see all of this because this is great. This is great entertainment here. So now here's the thing. <laughs> now, now watch this. What good is he to the kingdom of God right now? He can't give anything because he's not receiving forgiveness. Forget about him changing and getting the action right. He's no good to the kingdom because he's in condemnation. He's not going to he's no good to the kingdom because he's not receiving. He nothing can flow through him because he just believes he's a big old dirtbag. Nothing no I'm just I'm just so bad. I'm just this is all receiving. I'm just so bad. I can't receive nothing. I'm just, oh, I can't believe I messed up again. Can't believe I thought like that again. Can't believe, oh my goodness. All right. Okay, you can stop for a second. Now, the difference is, it says God is faithful and just. Remember what the Lord said to me. He said, I'm so pleased with you because you're quick to repent. It's not just about, it's not just about changing your actions only. That is huge, and that is very important. But there's other things that are also important that are at work, like your ability to receive. Your ability to receive reflects into what you're able to sow for the kingdom's sake. So it's not just about what you do, wrong or right. It's about what you can do from that point forward in the kingdom of God. So let's say that Mark sin somehow. But he knows that in Christ, God is faithful and just to forgive him if he confesses it. And before he takes another step, before he takes another step, he looks up to God, holds his hands up, and receives, Lord, I confess this. Lord, I confess it, and I believe that I have received your forgiveness now, now he goes through the through life, and but his head's not down. His head's high. He's got the power of God. Now see, he didn't have to wait. Neither one of them had to wait any time. They could have immediately turned to God. Instantly, keep on going. Instantly, that makes him able to walk in the power of God. It's all about reception. He's ready. He's ready to receive. He's ready to receive. And he's not just ready to receive. He's ready to dish it out. He's ready to flow. He's ready to do uh, every good work because he is in the place to receive the abundance of God's grace. So now, how many of us, don't raise your hands, how many of us have been in that position with Mark on a regular basis? And how many of us have been in that position that Chris was in? And we walked for months, weeks, and months with our head down because we know we messed up. See, that's what God said. He said, I'm so pleased with you because you're quick to repent. So it's not just changing the sinful action. It's also changing your ability to receive. Both things are very, very important. Thank you, guys. Both things are very important. 
We have to understand that God is very interested in us receiving because when we are receiving and flowing properly, it's a flow through us. And if we can't receive, like if there was a cap coming from heaven and putting it on, and we had a cap on the top of our head where we couldn't receive, the issue is it can't flow through us. And God's whole plan in his word is that the glory of God flows through us. That it flows through us. It's not just to us, it's through us. Actually, we live off of the benefits of God's flow that's residual. We have a residual benefit. In other words, it's kind of like if you um, uh, if you're out, let me let me think like this. Uh, if you're out and you're like water in the garden, right? If you're water in the garden and you're you're the hose, the hose also gets wet. The hose is very wet. It has that full supply the whole time. Yeah, you watered the garden, but you also were wet, right? You received that. You, you are watering the world with the blessing of God, but you're also blessed. And matter of fact, the more you water the world with God's love and his blessing, the more blessed you'll be. You'll stay blessed. 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 blessed. The more you let the Lord's blessings flow through you, the more blessed you'll be. But if you're not allowing any flow because you're not in a place to receive, then you won't be blessed and you won't be a blessing to other people. We have to become good receivers. We have to. We did the exercise last week. And I said, give me all the breath in your lungs. Put the breath that's in your lungs in these rooms. And then I said, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Well, you can only go for a few seconds. There's only so much in there. I can't give any more till I take some more back in. I only had breath to give because I received it a few seconds before I started to give it. You have to receive to give. And so the devil attacks receivers. He attacks. See, the devil never wants people to become sowers and givers. But he can't stop us from becoming that. We can purpose in our own heart to be a sower and a giver. And so if somebody gets revelation to be a sower and a giver, then the next thing he attacks is them becoming a receiver. He says, okay, I can't stop it flowing out of them, but I can stop it coming into them. So he attacks receiving. There has to be God's design is a flow. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about the grace of God, the power of God, the anointing of God. I'm talking about everything that God is. His love made manifest and salvation in our lives. As if the devil just wants to stop the flow, period. He just wants to stop the flow, period. He doesn't matter if it's at the end or at the beginning. He just wants it stopped. Well, that ought to, that ought to talk to us. Oh, so the enemy of my God wants to stop the flow? <laughs> then at all costs, let's keep the flow going. At all costs, let's keep it going. So two parts of life receive love from God. Part two, give love back to God. Many have a revelation to give, but many don't have a revelation of receiving. 
but we can't give until we receive. So we need a revelation. Hear this. Let this hit your spirit. Let, it, let your spirit catch it. We need a revelation of both giving and receiving. We need a revelation of it, all right? And now, there's a balance of it. And then we, one of the things I wrote last week is many are waiting for God to blow their harvest in. They're, like, they're waiting for God just like, you know, drop a bag of money on their doorstep. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. They're just waiting for God. They're waiting for their lottery ticket. They'll come up for prayer every Sunday like, Lord, is today the day? <sighs> if I feel it, I'll know I have it. If I feel it. <sighs> oh, I didn't feel it. I must not have it. Well, see, the problem with that is even if they do feel it, they come up, oh, I feel it. Glory to God. And by the time they get to the back door, they don't feel it as much, so they don't think that they're healed. No, they were healed. The power of God was there. The issue is they're not operating by biblical faith. They're operating by feelings. They're living by feelings and not by faith. The just shall live by faith, not what they feel. Not what they feel. He said, I said, many are waiting for God to blow their harvest in. So it's kind of like, yeah, I'm in faith. God's going to give me. But they don't really believe that they're worthy to receive it or that they have it until they see it. So they're living by sight. They're waiting. It sounds like this. Well, God will bless me when it's the right time. That's not faith. That's not faith. That's not faith when God's already told you a promise. He'll say, well, if he wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. Doesn't that sound churchy and religious? And many people say, well, if he wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. But that's not faith. That's contrary to the ways of God. That statement in itself is contrary to the way that God does it. No, I have it now. And this is what we talked about is we receive by faith. We said last week, faith always begins with a word or a promise or a character and nature of God. It's the word of God. Faith always begins with a word. It says in uh, Hebrews 6, 12, by faith and patience we inherit the promises. Faith always ends by having faith at the beginning and keeping patience into the manifestation. So faith always ends and manifests with faith and patience without doubting in our heart. But in the middle, faith takes. It says in um, Mark eleven twenty four, it says that you believe that you have received. I've said this multiple times. I feel led to say it again here. Many times when we come up, uh, for healing. We'll think, I'm coming up and I'm believing God for my healing. I believe you, Lord, for my healing. That's actually, that's not bad, and I believe God wishes that more people would actually ask for that, but it's a little bit off scripture. What you need to do is, Lord, I believe that I already have my healing. I believe, and that word there means I take my healing. I take it. The word literally means I take it. That's, that's what the original Greek means is. With my faith, I, I grab a hold of that and I make it mine. I take it. I take it. I take that healing. So we come up here and we say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, yeah, right now I'm taking my healing. I'm not coming up here 
not knowing what's going to happen. I'm not coming up here waiting for a feeling to tell me whether or not I received it. I come up and I take that healing. Healing's in you. Healing is the children's bread. By his stripes I was healed. He's granted to me everything pertaining to life and godliness. He sent his word, past tense, and healed them. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I take my healing. I take my prosperity, I take my provision, I, I take him as my protection, I take my protection. You know, just last week, I think it was, um, you can correct me if I've got my weeks off, but I think it was just last week, I said, in the name of Jesus, no calamity for the people of Boomerang. We were heading to Tennessee, and uh, we were in the car, and we were going through the mountains, you know, when they got the concrete barriers up, and it's kind of tight anyway, there wasn't a whole lot of room. I'm, I, there's an 18-wheeler, and I pull up beside. We're probably about five feet past his bumper. All of a sudden, that, do, that joker decides he wants our lane and starts coming over. I'm like, you know, we didn't have to come to a full stop, but, man, it was like just a little bit of room. Praise God we took his protection last week. Praise God. Praise God for that. But see, the Lord needs people that aren't waiting for it to be delivered. By faith, they take it. By faith, they take it. Now, what I want to show you today is this. Go to Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 and 10. Romans 10. Where's that water bottle that was right there? Thank you. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. Some of my favorite verses here. Starting start in verse 8, Romans 10, verse 8. Sorry for the computer people. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is, the word of faith which we are preaching. Now, we just talked about faith. Faith takes. It begins with a, faith begins with a word. Faith ends with faith and patience, inheriting the promise and not doubting in our heart. But in the middle, faith takes. Faith believes. What's faith believing? That it has received it. It's not waiting on a feeling. It's not waiting on something to see. Faith believes that it has received. Faith takes it. Faith takes it. Can you see that? Faith grabs a hold of it and makes it. That's, that's Bible. That's Bible. Faith takes it. Okay? Faith takes it. Now, so this word of faith, we're talking about you hear the word, you hear the word preached, and then you say, that's my word. I take that word. I make it mine. That's my word. I hear that faith begins with a word, and then in the middle it's faith takes it. And so I can be preaching in the middle of a message, and you hear a word, and you go, that's mine. I take that. I, I could come up here, and I could say, all right, Mark, uh, right now, in Jesus' name, I just hear the Lord saying he's going to provide for you. He's going he's to bring about his abundant provision. Well, he's promised abundant provision to everybody. So you might be sitting in the same room or watching something online. You say, well, I take that word for me, too. Because that's already written in the scripture, so you can, right? 
Lord, I take that too in Jesus' name. I take that abundant provision. Now, it's special for him, if the Lord told me. It's special for him. It's right now. Yeah, the Lord directed it right at him. But you can, you can grab hold of some of those things. You can take them for yourself. If it's a promise that's made available to everybody, I might be telling him personally to kind of highlight. Maybe he's been uh, working in faith for healing for months and years and really been paying attention for faith for healing, but he hadn't really been given a whole lot of time recently to provision, right, to finances or whatever. And the Lord tells me by the Holy Ghost, highlight to him, that he's got provision as much as he has healing, right? And so I may say that to him, and then somebody else say, but that provision's for me too. Uh, uh, that's a promise to all people. I take that too. So right as the word of faith is preached, a faithful word is taken. A word, a promise, it's taken in that way, all right? Now, I want you to see this. I want you to see that, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord. Now, notice here, it's not Jesus as Savior, okay? Although that's not a bad confession, but we have some specifics here. We have some specifics. We're confessing Jesus as Lord. You'll hear people say, and I agree with the statement, many times... They want Jesus as a Savior, but they don't want Him as Lord. They want to have somebody that will save them and fix their problems, but they don't want to do what He says. When somebody gets born again, they are confessing Jesus as Lord. That's why I'll say it and I'll make it clear when I'm leading people to the Lord. Lord, you are the director of my life. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. I want that to be very clear because I want them to confess him as Lord, not just as a ticket out of hell. He is a ticket out of hell. He's a ticket out of a whole bunch of garbage. Uh, He is. He's the Savior as long as it's called today. Salvation is available today for you, for me, for everyone that will take it. He is a Savior. That's who he is. That's his character, his nature. We have a word on that. We can put faith on that and receive his saving grace. But to be saved, we need to confess him as Lord. Lord, you're the Lord of my life. I will do it your way. I will believe your word over my feelings. I will believe your word and your ways over how I've done it all of my life. I don't care if grandma and great-grandma and great-great-great-great-great-grandma and my mama and everybody else told me that this is how to do it. I just read in your word that it's supposed to be done a different way. You're my Lord, not great-grandma, not grandma. You're my Lord. I don't care if I've done this for 52 years. I don't care if I've done this for 52 years, this one certain way. You're my Lord. I see it in your word now. I change it today. You're my Lord. You're my Lord. Your way is holy. My way is may or may not be holy depending on whether or not I do it your way. But your way is holy. All right? So he says, if you will confess with your mouth, right? You'll confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord. And then part two of that is believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Now one of the things that happens here is that... 
If you go back a few chapters in Romans chapter 4, you will see that Jesus was raised from the dead when we were made right. That when we were made right, when we were made righteous. So in other words, he didn't come up out of that grave until you and I were declared righteous. That you're right with God. You know, that you're reconciled with God. You go into 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about be reconciled with God. If you reconcile a bank account, it means that you account for every penny. And if a bank account, if a checkbook is reconciled, that means that every penny you have, you have found where it went to, you have marked it, and it matches up what's in the bank account according to the bank and what's in my checkbook. According, according to my checkbook, they match. And every penny is accounted for. So that's what reconcile means. And when we're made righteous, we are reconciled with God. That means every penny of our spiritual life has been made right with God. Matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 5.21 goes on to say that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ, in Him. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. So in Jesus, you were made right. 100% right. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. 100% right in Jesus. 100% right. That means if Jesus' righteousness was here and our righteousness was here, and that's where it was, our righteousness was way down in the dumps before Jesus. But when we confess him as Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we are made righteous. That means our righteousness goes whoop right up here. And now literally our spirit man, the real you, is made right just like God is right. Now that doesn't mean that you still don't have a flesh that wants to, you know, make you do bad stuff. You still have a flesh that wants to do all the sin. The Bible teaches us that the nature of the flesh and the nature of a born-again spirit war against each other. Paul says in Romans 7, he says, the thing I want to do, I don't do, and the thing I don't want to do, I do. You know, he, what he's saying, even as he's writing the book of Romans is, I still got a flesh that fights against my spirit, and I got to put it down. I, gotta, I got to identify more with who God made me in the spirit than what I feel like in the flesh. I have to identify more. I have to make a choice. All right, am I going to identify with the spirit man or am I going to identify with the flesh man? And God's empowered me to say, no, this is who I am. So see, I can be, let me just give you a little nugget here. I can be walking through, let's say that Maybe a default of mine, this hasn't been an area of my life, but let's say that I had a, a default sin that I really liked of, of thieving, you know, thievery of, of stealing stuff, right? And I walk through a store, and I'm like, ooh, that's a really nice piece of electronics right there. Right? Now, and my flesh really wants to steal that electronics. He wants me to sin. It wants me to do something I shouldn't do. Maybe it's watching a TV show I know I shouldn't be watching, right? Maybe it's thinking on something I know I shouldn't be thinking on, right? It could be a number of things. Maybe it's telling a joke to my friends. I know I shouldn't be telling that joke, right? Maybe, maybe it's uh, doing anything. Maybe it's saying a word. I know I shouldn't say that word. I should be the light. 
And so no matter what it is, whatever the sin is, right, maybe, maybe it's lingering on a, a seductive commercial that I should turn my head away from, right? There can be so many different things in this world, and this world has set up all these seducing things to seduce us into sin. Number of sin, not just sexual stuff, all kinds of sin. The world has set it up to pull us into that. Now, here's the issue. When I see that, here, let's say again, let's say that that stealing was who I was in the flesh. And I walked past that thing that looked so good to steal. And what does my flesh want to do in that moment? My flesh wants to go, ah, mine, mine, and take it and steal it. My flesh would want to do that. My flesh would want to do that. Now the issue is we become so accustomed to listening to the voice of the flesh, many times we will identify with that flesh, fleshly sinful nature more than we identify who we are in Christ. And so we'll say, well, that's just who I am. I'm just a thief. That's just who I am. I'm just a drunk. I'm just a whatever. I'm just a, I, I, I'm just a whatever. You know? We'll say, that's who I am. But that's not who you are. The real you is the spirit man, and we have to say, no, that's not who I am. I, I can remember hearing stories about this, and I've done this myself. When I was uh, smoking cigarettes, I really wanted to stop. I had a call of God on my life to preach, smoking, smoking cigarettes. You know, and I'm addicted to them. I'm addicted to them. And I'm sitting there, and I heard about this, and, I, and I'd actually watched it, and I applied it. I was sitting there, and while I'm smoking the cigarette, this is not who I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I start confessing who I really am in the Spirit. What am I doing? Yeah, my flesh wants to do that thing I shouldn't be doing, but I'm not, I'm choosing. I'm not identifying with that. I take by faith who I am in the Spirit. I am not a smoker. Now that sounds crazy, but what you're doing is actually biblical. You're calling those things that be not as though they were. You're identifying with what Christ has done for you over and above what the flesh wants you to do. You keep doing that before long. You'll, you'll go to take a drag of that cigarette and you'll be like, this isn't who I am. Why do I want that anymore? And you'll be done. Because you've chosen to identify with what the Bible says about you instead of identifying with what your flesh feels. Can you see that? We have to get to this place where we understand that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. That's one, one of the problems that I've seen about some of the programs that will say, well, I'm, I'm addicted to this and I'll always be addicted to this. This is who I am. And no, 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 in Christ, all his promises are yes and amen. As he is, so am I in this world. Is Christ addicted to alcohol? Is Christ addicted to cigarettes? Is Christ addicted to any sin? No, and then that's who I am in Christ. I just, need to, I just need to identify more with who I am in the Spirit so I can put down who I was in the flesh. Right? When we see this, everything starts to line up. So he says, confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Now I want you to see something. Remember, you've 
heard about the scripture that says he defeated death, hell, and the grave. Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. That grave represented everything that could ever hold you down. That grave represented everything that could ever hold you down. It represented everything that could ever hold you down. That grave represented sickness. That grave represented addiction. That grave represented a will to sin in your flesh. That grave represented poverty and lack. Anything that could ever hold you down, death was the ultimate one that could pin you down. And when Jesus, when Jesus came up out of that grave, <laughs> when Jesus came up out of that grave, what, what effectively was happening was we were in him, and Ephesians 2 says we were raised with him. So when he went up, we were attached to him. And that, what does that mean? He didn't leave us in that grave. He didn't leave us in that place with attachments to all of this garbage. That means that when Jesus was raised up and we were with him, everything that held him down that could hold us down was chopped off at the roots and now there's no more power to hold me back. It doesn't matter who you are, what neighborhood you grew up in, what your skin color is. No, it doesn't matter how good your parents were. Everything that could hold you down, if you will take it by faith, your new identity and your new inheritance, it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, if you will grab a hold of the coat, cloak of Jesus and you will be with him and be his child, be a child of God. You have an inheritance and that inheritance is resurrection power which means everything that could ever hold you down has been lopped off at the root. There's nothing holding us back but our own thinking. That's it. Right here is where the battle is won or lost. Because Jesus has already done everything that he needed to do. When he raised, when you say, I believe that God, that Jesus uh, came back to life and God brought him back to life in the flesh, what you're saying is, I was made right with him and anything that could hold me down, chain me, keep me in bondage, anything that was there, Jesus broke every chain and I'm no longer in that place. I'm no longer in that place. So then you see it in the next verse, verse 10. For with the heart a person believes, what do they believe? That God raised him from the dead. They believe that God broke every chain that will hold you down. They, they believe that Jesus overcame everything that could ever hold anybody down. What happens then? He says, when you believe that, one of the main things that holds you down, and this is the main thing, this is why this is what's given to you, the main thing that will hold you down is for you not to know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. If you don't know that you're made right with God, you'll never believe that you're worthy to receive. You'll never believe that you are worthy to receive if you don't believe that you're right with God. 
You'll say, I know God's a good God and I know he likes to do good things, but I'm not good enough. I'm unworthy. I'm beyond his help. To say that you're beyond his help is to say that God is limited. You're not beyond his help. God's made you right. And when you believe that God raised him from the dead, you were made righteous. It says this, verse 10, For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. You're made right with God. You're made right with him. You have a right to everything that he has. Every promise that he's ever made, you're made right with him. And then he shows us from that righteousness now, from that righteousness, Go on and read the rest of the verse. It says, and with the mouth, what did, what did we confess? That Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of this situation. With the mouth, a person confesses, resulting in salvation. Now this is how somebody gets born again, but it's also how we receive our healing. This is also how we receive provision. Lord, I, I believe that you broke every chain. You came up out of that grave with resurrection power. And I'm in you. You raised me up. There's nothing holding me down to that place of death, that place of lack anymore. I believe that I am right with you. I believe that I have rights. I believe that I have an inheritance. And right now, I confess, I confess that I am healed. That I am prosperous from my rights. From my rights. And I confess it. And what are you doing? You're speaking life into your world like God spoke life into his world. And how could it work for him? Because he was right. And when we're made right and we speak his word, there's a power, you're made in his image and likeness, to bring about and create those things in your life. You're made in his image and likeness. And so when we believe with our heart, it results in our right standing with God. You have rights. You have a right to those things. 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 Now, I'm going to tell you right now, see, many times I've been in a situation where I just didn't feel like I was worth anything. And the Lord taught me this, and he showed me this, and I realized that when I'm feeling the worst, that's the time where I need to stand up and say, look, I might have been a piece of junk. I might have done so many things wrong. I might have messed up so much. But I can't say that God is messed up. I can't say that, that God has missed it and that God doesn't have enough power. And so, Lord, I know that what I brought to the table is not sufficient. Even what I may be bringing to the table right now is not sufficient. But you, Lord, are sufficient. And you said in all your sufficiency that if I would believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, I would see the salvation and I would have rights. So, Lord, right now, I believe, I confess. Lord, I messed up. I missed it. I, I've, I've, I've done the wrong things. I've sinned. I've done this. Yes. And, I, and even right now while I'm praying, I might not even feel like it. I might feel like I don't even want to pray this prayer. I don't even want to pray the prayer. I know. I've been that person. I've felt that. But I was like, no, I know what the right thing to do is. Whether I feel it or not, I don't live by feelings. 
I live by faith in, the, in God. I live by faith in His love, faith in His Word, whether I feel it or not, whether I'm weary or not. Lord, I don't care what I feel like. Lord, I believe you're too good for me to sit here and keep accepting this. You're too good, whether I feel like it or not. And Lord, I, I purpose myself to receive so that I can be who you've called me to be. And here's what I really believe. I really believe that you can help me even though right now I can't see it. See, the issue is many times we can't see how this is going to work out. We can't see how God's going to do it. And that lack of logical progression, that lack of revelation, stops us from praying in faith. Because we don't know how that's ever going to work. We don't know how it's going to work. You had a situation earlier this week. You, there was something you wanted to get accomplished. And you didn't know how it was going to work. Your brain started trying to come up with ways of how to do it. God had it all worked out in ways you couldn't even see. Is that right? He had it all worked out. That's the thing. And we, there, how many things can't we see? A lot. Even the Bible says you'll see through a glass darkly, Right? There, there's a time. Now, our light and our revelation becomes more and more. I can see things, more things today than I saw uh, five years ago, that I saw 10 years ago and 20 years ago. So my revelation's in, increasing, and what used to be dark to me is more and more light. But regardless of where we are, it, we might not be able to see it all. The question is, do we put faith on God, whether or not we can see or not? Don't you know that faith, by definition means you can't see it. Oh yeah. By definition, faith means I can't see how this is going to work. I just see a promise and a good God. And I put faith in a good God. I put faith in His word and His promise and somehow He's going to work it out. Somehow. How? I don't know. I don't have to know. That's God's business. I just have to put faith on his word. His word says, and who, now look at this. Look, 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 look. Who, when they get born again, feels like it? Bless you. Who, when they get born again, feels like a Christian before they receive being a Christian? Well, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't feel like a Christian yet, so I don't want to receive Christ. Well, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't feel like a Christian yet, so I don't want to pray the prayer and be a hypocrite. Man, that sounds like devil to me. That's devil thinking. That's demonic deception. Of course you don't feel like it. You hadn't received it yet. Well, I'll go to church when I get my life cleaned up. Go to church when you get your life cleaned up. That's why you go to church. Well, I'll go to the hospital when I get healed. That's the same statement. Well, I'll pray when I feel like praying. You're not going to feel like praying. You're going to feel like not praying. 
That's why we do the thing, commit your works that your thoughts might be established. You do what's right even when you don't feel like it. That is a spiritual life and that's spiritual faith. When I don't feel like it, I pray. When I don't feel like forgiving that person, that's when I pray for them to be blessed. That's when I pray. Well, I'll pray for them to be blessed when I get my heart right over them. You ain't going to get your heart right over them because you ain't praying in faith now. No, pray that they'll be blessed. Your heart will get right over them. See, we're waiting for a feeling to tell us, okay, now we're good, now you can pray in No, no, you pray based on the word and based on God's character and nature, not based on yours. You don't operate based on your character and where you're coming from. You, You pray based on his character and where he's coming from. I'm not praying because I feel like it. I'm praying because he felt like it. I'm praying because he did it all right. If I was praying and waiting for me to get it all right, I'm already sunk. Already sunk. We already messed up if we're waiting on that. No, we pray, we pray when we don't feel like it. And the more we pray, the more we'll feel like it. It'll become easier and easier, but that's not a lot of times where you start. You start when you don't feel like it at all. You know, I'm sitting at home, all the stuff's pounding on me, all, all the weight and all the stuff. The last thing I feel like doing is lifting my hands and going, oh God, you're so good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I start praying, you're so good, Lord. You are so good. Your mercy endures forever. That's the last thing I feel like doing. My body doesn't feel like doing that. My body doesn't feel like turning up the praise music and dancing around the house like an idiot. To the world, it's an idiot. To God, that's wisdom. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. <laughs> Amy and Lisa, y'all come up here real quick. <laughs> it's good, I promise. It's good, I promise. I promise. <laughs> No, you're no, you're both good. Here, stand here. So hope Just lift your hands right now. I see y'all in your shop, dancing around that shop and praising God. And the joy of the Lord hitting you. And I see stuff breaking off people as they walk in the door. I see a peace and a grace coming on. But I'm telling you, I see you dancing around the shop. You're turning up the music and all of a sudden you're dancing. And both of you feel and look like idiots to you in your brain. All of a sudden, the joy of the Lord comes on in Jesus' name. And the power of God starts to flow. And all the stuff that you warred with and that caused you so much problem, it caused you so much issue in the past. Oh my goodness, if we could only find some good workers. Oh my goodness, if we just have some consistency. Oh my goodness, those things are going to start to solve themselves as you just praise when you don't feel like it. Amen. Now you know why I was giggling. Because <laughs> I saw him doing it. Around the shop. I saw him doing it. 
dancing in the Lord, praising Him. So you're sitting there, you don't feel like doing anything, that's when, and I've been that guy where I'm sitting there, I don't feel right. I know I just messed up. I don't feel right. I feel like a piece of junk. The last thing I want to do is talk to God. One day I was having one of those moments, and the Lord brought Hebrews 4 to me. He said, I said, come boldly before my throne. I was like, Lord, I remember in the Old Testament where the priests come before you and they weren't right and they tied a rope around their leg because, and they wore bells on, on their garment and if the bells started j- stopped jingling, the other priests started pulling the rope because they died in the presence of God. His holiness, they brought sin in there and His holiness wasn't there and they pulled them dead out of the Holy of Holies. Like, I don't want to die. I know I ain't right. I know I'm not right, and that's why I said to the Lord. (laughs) And then he said, I said, come boldly before my throne. Well, I knew he didn't want to kill me. I knew enough about his love that he didn't want to kill me. So now my brain's trying to figure out, well, why would he tell me that? And what I realized real quick, all of a sudden it came to me. I was like, I have not understood your mercy. I've not understood your mercy. Because if you go, go, to, go to Hebrews 4 at the end, of the end of the chapter. Set your eyes on this. Set your eyes on this. Verse 15 and 16. Well, let's go to verse 14. Hebrews 4, 14, 15, 16. Therefore, now put your eyes on this. Set your eyes on this scripture. Don't just hear it coming out of my mouth. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Now there's a confession of faith that he's Lord that he was raised from the dead. Our confession. What are we confessing? We're confessing I'm right in him. I might not have been right in my flesh, but in him, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. What am I confessing? Everything that ever would try to hold me down, he broke it. I'm holding fast to that. Hold fast to it. I'm holding fast to it. I'm not letting that go. I'm not letting it go that I'm the righteousness of God. I might not feel like it. I might feel 180 degrees from right. That, that's when you grab a hold of God by faith. You take it by faith. He says, hold fast to it. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. In that moment, at many times, do you feel like you're weak? Yeah. You, feel like, you might feel like a piece of junk. I feel weak. I feel weak, Lord. I, I, I feel like I'm just garbage. It's saying right here, he says, we got a high priest who did it all right, and he understands what you're going through. He can sympathize with your weaknesses. He's not saying your weaknesses are right, but he can sympathize with it. You got a God that is all holy, that his holiness burns up every bit of sin, but when you have sin, he can sympathize with that and understand it and help us? That's what he's saying his character and nature is. 
He says, but we have a high priest. We have one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Question. You're desiring to get into cryptocurrency because you've heard about it and you want it to go some places. Do you want to take advice from somebody who just got into cryptocurrency last week and started studying last week? (laughs) Or do you want somebody who's actually been in it for years and has been successful? I want somebody who's been successful. Jesus came into this earth walked for 33 years on this earth, was tempted with every sin that you and I were tempted with, and he walked through and sin never clung to him. I want somebody that can help. Now look at this verse now. Look at this. He says, he was tempted in all things yet without sin. Verse 16. This is the key verse right here. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence... To the throne of grace. To the throne of God's love. Let us draw near with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I got it written in my Bible. Not just when we have it all together. (laughs) We don't find help when we have it all together. We find help in our time of need. In our time of need. We find help. This is the issue. We don't need to come to him when we have it all together for help. We come to him for help when we need the help. When we don't have it all together. When it's all jacked up. And the devil, that's the last thing he wants you to do. When you actually need help, come boldly before his throne. So I'm sitting there, I'm having a bad day. Messed up, the Lord says, I said, come boldly before my throne. Lord, I don't, I don't want to die. I said, come. it was stronger, louder, more booming in my spirit. I said, come boldly before my throne. It's like, wow, I know he doesn't want to kill me. I know his love well enough to know he doesn't want to kill me. Why would he tell me to come boldly when I feel so bad? he really, 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 really wants to help me. Regardless of what I've done, regardless of where I've been, regardless of whether or not I can figure out how it's going to work, he really, really, really wants to help us. Especially when we've missed it and messed up. He wants to help us. So when we're feeling the worst, it's the time we need to go to him the most. And all of a sudden, what will we find? Grace to help in time of need. Grace to help in time of need. We have to become good receivers and we have to recognize that God, He's seeking to use each and every one of us. But He can't use us if we won't come to Him and actually get the help that we need. If we sit back and we wait to get perfect to come to him, we're never going to get perfect. Any help that we have, every good and perfect gift comes from him. It doesn't come from ourselves. It's not self-help. It comes from him. And he wants us to boldly come before his throne, not when we have it all together. We come boldly 
boldly, Lord, I need your help. And, I, and watch this. And I know when I come before your throne, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. And the devil can say, well, what, how are you going to help? How's that going to work? And your answer can be, I don't know. I don't have to know. I don't have to know how it's all going to work out. Here's what I know. God is good. And God is love. And I know he loves me. I know I've been a mess to him. But I know he loves me. And he's big enough to help me. Not when I have it all together. But when I don't have it all together. And I know, now I want you to see this. This is a command from God. If Jesus is your Lord then we should follow his command. And his command is, when you need help, come before the throne. Stop running from it. When you need help, stop running from the throne of grace. Run to it. Stop running from it. That's a big deception the devil uses. He tries to get us to sit there and figure it all out in our head and run from the throne. We need to run to the throne. We need to run to God. He loves us. And see, that's what I didn't understand that day. I thought, Lord, I don't want to run to you right now. Like, I feel like junk. Last thing I want to do is present myself in front of you full of junk. And God was basically saying to me, that's when you need to present yourself. Come to me, you and I. Let's, let's have a meeting together. And let me work my covenant of love in you. Let me, I've made a covenant with mankind. Remember back in Genesis 15? Let me show you something. This is different than where I was planning on going today, but Genesis 15. I want you to see something. You know, in, in Impact, we have a class on the blood covenant. One of my favorite subjects ever, the blood covenant. We don't understand blood covenant in America like like we should. They understood it in biblical times, but we don't understand blood covenant. Blood covenant basically means that when two people would come together and mingle their blood together, that effectively they became one for all time. They became one for all time. And if any one of them ever broke the covenant, their life would be required of them. And let's say that Will and I formed a blood covenant, and then uh, Will and Will and I formed that blood covenant, and then Chris attacked Will. I am under an obligation because he didn't just attack Will because we're under blood covenant. He attacked me, and I would I am under a covenant obligation to come and fight against that. It doesn't matter if Chris has a million forces and we only have 10,000. I'm under a blood covenant. And the issue is, let's say that I didn't go do that and Chris defeated, defeated Will, well, you would think now you're free of the blood covenant. No. Anybody who knew about that covenant and knew that I didn't fulfill my part of it should come in, in, in the thinking of blood covenant. They should come and take me out. Because I'm not worthy of that covenant and I broke covenant. Even if Will was already gone. It's a strong thing. It's an everlasting. You got to understand God is a covenant God. He has a covenant heart. With that in mind. 
with that in mind and that blood covenant. I'm going to show you something here in a minute. Let me add this one thing to it, though, because I feel led of the Lord to do this. This is a part of the reason why premarital sex is so important to not have, because you enter into covenant. That is a blood covenant that happens. And I understand that in our society it's been like these things have been lost. But you literally step into that place where you are in covenant. And if that's ever happened to you, you are not without mercy from God. You've ever fallen victim to that temptation or whatever. You're not without mercy. You're not without mercy. But you need to, you need to come to the Lord. And you need to ask for his forgiveness and, and repent over those things. And you need to make sure that those covenants that were wrong were clear that you receive forgiveness for and break the power of those covenants over it. Blood covenant is strong and spiritual and that's one of the reasons why we have remission of sin by the shedding of Christ's blood. It was a blood covenant. And here's why I want to I want to show you something about the character and nature of God. I want I want you to see this in Genesis 15. Just start at verse 1, and we'll finish with this chapter. He says, after these things, the word of the Lord. Remember now that, that God had spoken to Abraham and said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. He spoke to him and said, you'll be blessed, and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. All the people of the earth will be blessed through you. He said, your descendants will be as numerous as the star and the sand on the, on the seashore, right? So he's so, but at this point, Abraham doesn't even have a child. He doesn't even have an heir. So it's like, how is this going to happen? And so the word of the Lord, God comes back to him and makes some other promises to him. And Abraham asks, like, how is this going to happen? Now look here. He says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very. Now, do you understand that Galatians 3 says that if you're in Christ, you are blessed with faithful Abraham? So this blessing right here is yours? Let me read it back to you. To you. Do not fear. Do not fear, boomerang. I am a shield to you. Your reward, boomerang, all the people of it, shall be very great. Is it yours? Is there a promise there you can take with your faith? Abram said, Oh Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body he shall be your heir. And he took him outside and, and said, Now look towards the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. I don't know if you've ever gone out on a dark, 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 dark night or been in the middle of the desert and looked up. There's a bunch of them up there. He said, he said, Look to the heaven and count the stars, if you're able to count them. And he said, So shall your descendants be. So shall your descendants be. Then he believed in the Lord. He believed in the Lord. Abram believed in the Lord. And the Lord, he reckoned it 
to righteousness. He believed, said, Lord, I believe you. And this is what Abram said. He said, Lord, I believe you. I believe you. And what happened when he said, Lord, I believe you? Abram was made righteous. Now he has rights. So when you're feeling like, like a big old sin bag and a big, a big jerk and feeling like not praying to God, if you'll look at God and say, Lord, I see your love. I see your love. And Lord, I believe in your love, even though I feel like junk right now. I believe in in you. I believe in your love. That belief in God, it will be reckoned to you as righteousness. And when you do that, you will be made right. Now I have rights. And that thing that you couldn't see how it was going to happen, it comes through your righteousness. All of a sudden, when I say, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I see, Lord, I believe. I believe in your word. Righteousness comes. Righteousness comes. Then Abram believed in the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of Chaldeans to give you this land and possess it. He said, Oh Lord God, how may I know that I will possess it? Let me me just tell you, boomerang, you're blessed with faithful Abraham. God has a land for you. He has a land for you to possess. We're not just talking about a spiritual land. It's also a physical land. He has a land for you to possess. And in the name of Jesus, we possess it. We take it. He says, how will I know that I will possess it? Bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him, and cut them in two, and laid each half opposite of the other. But he did not cut the birds, and the birds of prey came down upon the carcasses, and Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. Now here's what I want you to see. Uh, Give me... uh, Chris and Mark, come up here again. One stand here and one stand there. Yep, that's good. Now, what would happen in the blood covenant is this, is that they would take, what they just did was they took those sacrifices of animals and they cut them down down the middle, right? And they laid those two sacrifices to the side like this. So they were split apart. And then there would be to cut the covenant meant to cut and separate in that. And then what would happen is, uh, let me, uh, Kevin, come here, please. Stand on, stand on this side. And then the two men that were entering into covenant would do this. This is one of the ways. They would walk in a figure eight. They would walk in a figure eight, which also if you take a figure eight, Lay it on its side. What symbol is it? It's an internal covenant, right? And this is what they would do. And they would walk in the figure eight, and they would join. They would would basically pass through like this, and I think sometimes they might do an extra twist or something. But then they'd go in in the figure eight, and they continue to walk around. They would cut the covenant together, right? Sometimes they would do this. 
They would cut the covenant together and walk through that covenant. And what they were saying is, this is an eternal covenant in us. And they would walk between those pieces. And when they would do that, that would be a covenant that was eternal that they were both bound by. All right, thank you guys. All right, you see that? So now this picture is right here. He says, lay these two pieces of the, of the uh, sacrifices to the side. Verse 12, now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. And God said to Abram, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve. And afterwards, they will come out with many possessions. I'm telling you now that what the devil has had you in bondage in and what you've been walking through, it may have had you bound for a long period of time. But you're about to come out of it now. This, this period of time has already passed. You can step right into freedom because of Christ. And what's had you bound, you're going to come out of it. And you're going to come out with many possessions. And the blessing of the Lord is going to be on you. And you're going to walk into it. I'm talking to a blessed people. A holy people. A people of God. They will come out with many possessions. Verse 15, as for you... You shall go to your fathers in peace, and you will be buried at a good old age. At an old age. You, you got a word that you're blessed with faithful Abraham to live a long and satisfied life. Be buried at an old age. I'm not going home short. I'm not leaving this earth short. Amen. Then in the fourth generation, they will return here. For the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. It came about when the sun had set that it was very dark. And behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch which passed between those pieces. On that day, the Lord made covenant with Abraham, Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. And he goes on to tell them about the land. Here's what I want you to see today. Had Abram walked between those pieces and sinned, what would have had to been the result? He'd have had to been taken out. But in the mercy of God, God said this. He said, Abram, I'm not going to let you walk between those pieces because for a, for a fact, for a truth, you would break covenant. You would sin. You would mess up. Of a truth, you would surely miss it. So I'm going to cause you to fall asleep. Your heart is here. Your heart is here to make covenant with me, but I know you'd miss it. I know you'd miss it. So the Lord, in all his grace and mercy, went, in the name of Jesus, boop, and went and knocked them out, put them to sleep. But while Abram was asleep, who represented all of us, <laughs> oh, glory, while he was asleep, while Abram was over there knocked out by the Lord, the Lord himself said, but I will uphold my covenant. 
And the Lord walked through the pieces. And the Lord made covenant with all of mankind and said, you might have been the one that messed up, but I will uphold my covenant and I'll be a blessing to you. And you will be blessed to be a blessing. And even though you may have missed it, even though you may fail, I will be the one sitting on the great throne of grace for you to come and find help in time of trouble and you can receive help in time of need. You might not know how I'm going to do it. You might not know why I'm going to do it. But my great love is under a covenant that's an eternal covenant. And I will never let you go. I will never not be there for you. I will never not answer your help. If you'll turn your faith towards me, I will make you right. Regardless of how you feel, regardless of where you've been, I will be a blessing to you. And where you and I may have missed it, and I can tell you I have missed it hundreds of times, thousands of times. I probably don't want to know how many times Brian Wright has missed it. But every time I turned without knowledge of how it's going to work out, and I said, Lord, I see you're the one who walked through the pieces. You're the one who upheld blood covenant with me. And Lord, I don't know how you're going to fix my mess that I created. I don't know how you're going to pull me through. But I see who you are. And I trust in you over my mess. I trust in you over my garbage. Lord, I trust your word. I trust your word over my feelings. I trust your word. I trust your word. And maybe some of you need to stand up on your feet right now and say, Lord, I trust your word. I trust your promise. Lord, I receive that covenant today. Lord, I won't be held back. Lord, and when you put faith on God as a loving God, a merciful God, a covenant God, you will walk into righteousness. And that righteousness will give you rights. And no matter how you felt, no matter where you were, or how much you thought that you were just not prepared, how sick you thought you were, He will heal you. He will deliver you. He will help you. He will give you everything that you need. Because that's who He is. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Lord, I trust you. Just close your eyes right now. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. You may have some things to work out between you and the Lord. The Lord might have brought up stuff even during this message, stuff you need to drop here at the altar and never pick it back up again. You need to say, Lord, this is yours. I'm telling you, the altar's open. I want you to listen to me for a few minutes. If you, if you feel the need to run to the altar, you, you got freedom to do it. Do it as the Lord leads you. But sometimes there's that moment where Holy Ghost is really, he's, he's dealing with you, and it's time to go now. You have freedom to do that. You have my permission for sure. But here's the issue. You might not know how or why or all that stuff. You might feel as lost as a goose in a thunderstorm, whatever that's supposed to mean. I've just heard it all my life. I guess that means the goose really feels lost. You might feel that lost. But there's a light 
in God to show you the way. There's a help in Him. And you may know that you are not able to uphold that covenant, and you haven't upheld that covenant. You've not upheld belief. But today's a new day. Today, as long as it's called today, there's a Sabbath rest of God. There's a salvation of God for you today. Make it yours. Faith takes it. There's a salvation for me today. There's a help today in Christ. There's a help today. I might not be feeling it. I might not even want it in my flesh, and I've identified so much with my flesh, I know I don't want it. But there's a help for you today. There's an anointing that breaks every yoke. There's an anointing that breaks every yoke, that breaks every bondage. And Lord, I need your anointing. Say, I don't know what I need. I don't know how it's going to work out. I just know I need something. And today, Lord, I yield myself to you and I believe that you have what I need. If that's you, every head bowed, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Lord, I need your help today. Amen, I see that. I see that. Lord, I need your help today. Today, Lord, I need your help. Thank you, Father. Raise your hand now if that's you. Lord, I need your help. Amen. I might not be feeling it, but I know I need your help. You can put them down. Father, I just ask right now that you'll start sending that love of God and that mercy of God right now. Let me ask you this question. Is the Lord good? Is He love? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead? You believe that he broke every tie that would hold us down? You believe that? I believe that too. And the word says if you believe that, then you have rights. He's made you righteous and you have rights. You might not know what those rights will get you. You might not know where they'll take you. and You might not know how they'll help you, but they will help you. So right now, just put faith in God and His rights for you. Lord, I receive. Just say that with me. Say, Lord, I receive your salvation and your help today. Say, Jesus... Say it out loud with your mouth, Jesus. Today, you are the Lord of my life. You're the director. You call the shots, and I'll be obedient. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I believe that you died for me. And all this junk I've been feeling, you died for it. You took it on you. There's no reason for me to keep carrying it. I cast it on you now. Every care, I cast it on you. 
And if I've truly cast it on you, I receive the freedom right now. Thank you, Lord. Let, just receive that freedom. Just lift your hands and receive it. Lord, I receive your help. Lord, we receive your help. We receive your grace. Lord, we lay everything at your feet today. We lay everything at your feet. Thank you, Lord. We receive it. Lord, we believe that you rose up from that grave, and when you did, you cut everything that would hold us down. At your throne of grace, I have help today. Say that with me. Say, Lord, I boldly approach your throne and I receive grace to help today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just receive that anointing right now. Receive that anointing and that help. Just receive it. Say, I take it. I take help. By faith, I take that help. I'm not waiting on it. I take it now. In Jesus' name. And I want you to see something. You know, you can just take this help just like this. The same process we just walked through. You can receive that any moment of any day, no matter where you're at. You don't have to be in church to receive it. I, I'll pray like this all the time. If you receive it right, you know, there's a, there is impartation to receive from a preacher and a pastor, and we should honor and esteem that for sure. But a lot of things can be handled sitting right there in the pew, even in the middle of the service. You just receive it. Lord, I receive it. But if you're going, you know what, I want you to agree with me, Pastor. There's something more, and I just want, I want, I want, you, to, I want you to agree with me for reception and the impartation today, if that's you. And you need to come to the altar, I want you to come now. Or if you're just saying, I, I need to lay something at the altar right now. I need to let go of it, get rid of it. If that's you, I need to let go and put, put some stuff on the altar and never pick it back up again. If that's you, come now. Thank you, Father. So If you're ready, if you're just saying, Lord, I know today, I know we have opportunity to do this. What I'm asking is, if, we, uh, if you're saying, I can feel the Lord writing on my heart today, 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 Lord, I'm going to a new level. Lord, I'm going to walk in righteousness with you today. If that's you, I just invite you to come up. Let's agree together. Today, Lord, I know you're talking to me today. I'm going to walk this out. I'm going to live this in Jesus' name. Come on up. Thank you, Father, for your help. Just lift your hands. Lord, I receive help today in Jesus' name. You receive it? You receive it? You receive it. It's yours then. In Jesus' name, you're not waiting on it. You have it now. You have it now. You have it now. 
Harinkoro Obrak Adokomi Ando Loti, Rio Sava Abofri, Bonke Akorini Alo City. There's that anointing now. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name. Lord, we have it now. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Say, Lord, I have it now. I'm not waiting on it. I have it now. Yes, amen, you do. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. You're made right. You have rights. And you just walk that out in Jesus' name. You don't have to say yes to the flesh anymore. Now you're empowered by His grace to tell the flesh no. Tell Jesus yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So prada koromosabe, arabosabe naka, baramosaboso, asaboso, dedikanamosabe, aramosabe inkanamoso, baha tarama. Thank you, Father. Come over here, Andrew. Go badanamosabo. Shupre nerakaraboso. Thank you. Thank you, Father. There you go. So donamoso. Just say, Lord, I receive it now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Just slide a little bit that way, Greg. Say, Lord, I receive it now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I receive it now. Yeah, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Do you receive it now? Help, help, help. Say, Lord, I receive your help. I have it now. I'm not waiting on it. I have it now. Yeah, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Father. Let your anointing help. Heal, make whole, restore in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, yeah, he's touching your life. Oh, he's touching your life. Thank you, Lord. Keep receiving. Keep receiving. Say, Lord, I receive it now. I have rights. <laughs> I have rights. I'm righteous in your eyes. I believe on you. And you reckoned it to righteousness. So I have rights. And I, I enact those rights today. And I take your promises in Jesus' name. 
Lord, I take it now in Jesus' name. I take you. Take it. <laughs> yeah, I take your anointing now. I'm not waiting on it. I have it. I take it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Your anointing, Lord. Filler and overflower. A baptism of fire. Come on her now in Jesus' name. Glory. <laughs> Lord, I'm right in you. Lord, I'm righteous in you. Lord, I'm righteous in you. 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 Do you receive that? I'm righteous in you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Lord, we take those rights. Let them be applied. Let them be healed and whole and restored in every way. In Jesus' name. Yeah, by your rights, Lord. Thank you, Father. So did he come more. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm right in you. I'm right in you, Lord. I'm right in you. I'm right in you. My flesh isn't right, but in my spirit, I'm right in you. I'm right in you. I'm right in you, Lord. So so I take that now. I take it. So in Jesus' name. So I'm right, right, right. Right in you. Not in the flesh. But in the spirit, I'm right in you, Lord. I take it now. <laughs> Say it. I take it. I have it. I'm not waiting on it. Help. Help at your throne of grace. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> Can I pray for you? Can I pray for your daddy first? That'd be all right. Okay. Will you stand right there? Just say it with me. Say, Lord, I believe in you. I might not have believed in myself, but I believe in you. And I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And in that I have righteousness. I'm made the righteousness of God in Christ. Not my flesh, but my spirit. 
And in that righteousness, I confess salvation. You're saving me. You're helping me. You're being what I need to be. You're, you're connecting the dots, solving the problems. And I believe that and take it in Jesus' name. Let your anointing go to work, Lord. Yeah, there it is. Lord, I believe in your love. Let your love manifest in great and mighty ways. Let it manifest in great and mighty ways. Lord, I just come against all this demonic garbage that's tried. You just come as attacks, attack after attack after attack. We come against it today. We stand in agreement today. That's enough. In Jesus' name. We resist that. In Jesus' name. No more attacks. Lord, we need your help in time of need. Thank you, Father, for your grace. We believe that we have it. We're not waiting on it. We have your help now. Let your anointing, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, dude. Is there something specific you want me to pray over? No, just blessing. That'll be good. Lift your hands. Just say, Lord, I receive today everything you have for me. Let me be like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> hey, dude. How are you? You want to come here? Good to see you. Has he been sniffling? Healing and wholeness be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your rights. Thank you for your healing now in the name of Jesus. Let healing and wholeness be now in Jesus' name. We believe, we have received it, and we thank you for it. Amen. Mwah. Love you. Amen. Oh, can I have, hey, hey, right here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. That was awesome. Amen. Amen. Did you receive today? Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we just praise you and we worship you. We give you all of the glory and the honor. We thank you for a great, great day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Glory to God. Amen. Did you receive today? Did you receive today? Amen. Amen. Well, we're about to receive some extra at Pancho Villa. Amen. Um, so we're celebrating Pastor Nicole's birthday, so make sure you don't leave without saying happy birthday and uh, maybe getting some ponchos. Uh, tonight is Holy Spirit service, so, if, so we got some more stuff to receive tonight as well. Um, and it's going to be phenomenal. Holy Spirit service starts at 4 o'clock to give the Holy Spirit plenty of room to do whatever he wants to do tonight. Uh, and it's going to be a phenomenal uh, night. Amen. 
Uh, Impact Tuesday at 6 p.m. If you have not uh, joined Impact, if you're interested in Impact University, uh, it's an accredited Bible college that we have right here at Boomerang Church. Uh, If you're interested at all at even sitting in a class, come talk to one of us uh, and we'll give you guys the information for that. Um, Life groups is this week. Uh, If you're not in a life group, uh, join a life group. Amen. Life group leaders, if you're here, can you raise your hand? Is it? Yeah. Uh, Talk to one of these people. And uh, we want to get you plugged in. Uh, Easter is coming quickly. Uh, it's about a month away. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Easter service is going to be on April 17th. Uh, and the day before that Saturday, we're going to have an Easter egg hunt. So uh, we wanted to let you guys know so you can mark that on your calendars. Make sure you're here because it's going to be awesome. Amen. Uh, and if you want more teaching and preaching like this, every single weekday we have Lunch Plus Uh, And you can uh, find that on YouTube. Uh, If you don't know where to find that, there's a bunch of cards with a bunch of series. And uh, you can use those, scan the QR code, and that'll take you exactly where you need to go. Amen. Well, guys, we love you. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you can join us at Poncho Villa. But we'll see you tonight at 4 o'clock for the Holy Spirit service. Be blessed. Mm -hmm.